to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. I often get asked, is there ever enough exercise, is there ever any kind of exercise that is not good uh, or is exercise ever not good for me? And the answer to that is yes, a big resounding yes. And um, I would have to explain this to you um, so that, you know, because first of all, we all recognize that not enough exercise is bad for you. So I'm not even going to go there, right? We all know that. However, um, what I often see happening these days is that exercise um, by, some indi- by individuals who are trying their darndest to be healthy, or they're using exercise um, for their social activities, like, um, you know, CrossFit is a lovely community. And so they'll go there for the community and then byproduct, a lot of exercise happens. Or you have like your spin class or your power yoga. So there's a community aspect to it, which causes us to quote unquote overdose on exercise. And there's also the chemistry of exercise where we get a lot of endorphins, like, you know, the natural opioids in our body, the feel-good molecules in our body that are released with exercise. And in today's society, with all the modern stresses, we are looking for every single way to feel good. The problem is that exercise, the best way to explain exercise is the Goldilocks zone, okay? For the human body, there's a zone below which is not good and above which is not good. And another way to look at it is um, the traditional, um, the ancient medical systems of Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. Um, For example, here's an example. Traditional Chinese medicine speaks about qi. Qi is energy. And they talk about prenatal qi, you know, before you're born, the energy that you are predestined to have, you know, like kind of like your genetics and constitution. And then they talk about your postnatal qi, the energy that you have as a result of everything you do to build up, to, to have good energy stores, like how much you eat and how much you exercise, how much you sleep, how much you mentally rest and meditate and relax. And the concept of yin and yang is you don't want to have too much of something that drains your energy without the thing that rebuilds it. So exercise is an energy drain. It's an expenditure of energy. And if you're expending your energy and with the energy, um, you need to use nutrients and minerals, right? You need a lot of minerals to exercise. You sweat it out, you use it up. And if you're not aware of the yin and yang of exercise, if you don't give yourself the time to rest and recover, to rebuild those energy stores, to rebuild those nutrient stores, you're going to slowly, slowly deplete yourself. And so it's not uncommon to see um, individuals who are engaged in like ultra racing and ultra exercising, they start to get, they start to lose their juice and start to get kind of like dried out, like a little bit kind of, um, like a dried out raisin, you know, like they kind of start to lose their juice, so to speak in traditional Chinese medicine, you speak about draining that postnatal chi. You're just kind of draining and draining and draining without recharging the battery. And another thing that happens is that that experience, uh, is stressful for the body. It's a physical stress and small amounts of physical stress are good, okay? 
that's the concept behind like cold showers, you know, cold, cold dips in water and doing like, um, high intensity interval training, right. Where you do sudden bursts of activity, sudden exposures to cold water, like the saunas, when they go from a hot sauna to like a cold, you know, roll in the snow and then back again, that's good. But if you're doing it consistently, like every day almost, or let's say three to four times a week, what happens is that your, uh, the stress hormone cortisol has to be released with those instances. And it's like you're running from a tiger. So the hormone cortisol was primarily um, uh, created for two things. One is for being able to get up in the morning. So enough of the ability to have the you know, physical capacity to get up in the morning. So it rises in the morning and then dips down through the rest of the day. And it's supposed to be released during times of, of stress so that like if you were in the old days, like walking around the jungle and you ran away from a tiger, you would all of a sudden have to run away very quickly. You have to pump out the stress hormones, including cortisol. There's other ones as well. And what happens is if you're consistently doing that, it's like your body's being told that you're almost like you're running away from the tiger so many days of the week. There's health issues that arise from that. You get into like a hyper cortisol state, like continuous high cortisol state with very uh, few time to rest in between, especially if you're exercising and then going back to your typical stressful daily lifestyle. So now you have all yang. Yang in, in traditional Chinese medicine is like the energy, the sun, and yin is like relaxation, the grounding, the moon. So you're like exercising, exercising, stressful life, you know, work, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and you're always going into the yang and you have no yin to balance you out. You're going to end up uh, over time um, depleting yourself and getting into hormonal imbalances. And there's some actually some body language. We spoke about body language. One interesting sign of having a persistent cortisol release in an individual who's like over exercising is you would expect in a person who's exercising just enough themselves that they would have like a really good physique and their belly would be flat and you know that kind of stuff if they're getting themselves into a hypercortisol state they'll start to get a belly like a bigger belly around the uh, around the midline even though they're exercising a lot and that's because the hormonal imbalance we're not even talking about calorie deficits here right did you notice i'm not talking about calories at all i'm speaking about hormones so if you want to exercise for hormonal balance this is what it would look like for a man uh, it would look like, um, you know, once a week doing like a really, really good intensive, you know, sprint and like high intensity interval training. And then for the rest of the week, um, doing intermingling of like, um, you know, doing the yin and the yang. So doing some gentle um, stretching exercises, yoga, like, you know, yoga for stiff guys was a, a program I saw around here. And I was like, how appropriate, you know, men really need to stretch, right? Balance activities, coordination activities, like even ping pong, you know, is excellent for coordination. You don't think that's an exercise, but is it, it is exercising a part of your body, like the coordination. Um, and for women, what that looks like, especially if you're premenopausal, but even when you're menopausal, is um, knowing that there are cycles of the month where you have more energy than other times of the month. So for example, according to, we are bodies of water, right? We are 99% molecules of water. We're 70% volume, but we're 99% molecules of water. So we're bodies of water and we cycle, especially us women, cycle according to the, lun to the lunar cycles, right? And we know this because we menstruate on a, on a monthly basis. And women, either uh, most women menstruate, uh, if they're not on an oral contraceptive pill or hormone, 
they will menstruate at the new moon when there's no moon in the sky. And they'll be, so that's their point of lowest energy. That's their lowest hormonal levels. They dip down at that time. Their energy goes down. And then in the full moon, their energy is at the highest, that their hormones are at the highest, their energy is at the highest. Um, these are gen- general, you know, explanations, but I think you get the drift. In some women, like myself, we actually have the opposite. It's called the red moon cycle. You know, so I, I menstruate at the full moon and, you know, not at the new moon. But there's ebbs and flows to our energy. And if we try to work out in a masculine way where it's the same, um, you know, the same routine every week, week after week, without recognizing and honoring that our energy ebbs and flows over the month, us women get into really bad problems because if you exercise hard during your low energy point, your low hormonal state, that will really um, imbalance your hormones through that cortisol hormone I spoke about. Okay, because it overly stresses the body to enter to exercise when it actually needs to rest. So honoring that, and that's uh, something that's really recognized in Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is that ancient in, uh, Hindu medical system. And they have like a whole range of diseases that develop just from not respecting the cycles in terms of how you eat, how you sleep, how you exercise and don't exercise. Um, in a very long time ago in, in ancient cultures and, and more primitive cultures, or let's say more traditional cultures around the world where they're still doing their like um, ancient traditions around that time of month of menstruation for women, they would actually remove themselves from the tribe or from the village and go off into the mountains or the proverbial red tent. And when I was younger, I used to think that that was like a ban, you know, they were kind of like um, banished into this situation against their will. But I've actually been um, told from individuals practicing Ayurveda, for example, that there was a time when that was voluntary and in fact self-imposed because they knew that they didn't have the energy to do it. And so other women in the tribe would um, help in their chores and these women would go off and just have two to three days of just resting at their lowest energetic point, And then they would come back into the tribe or the village and, and um, participate again. And what I started doing um, with the knowledge that I've acquired around this is that I actually change what I do in terms of exercise and my activities and my nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Even my supplements based on the time of the month. Like I know when I'm menstruating, I need more magnesium. I need more rest. I, that's when I plan my naps. I definitely don't do any hard exercise at all. I'll do um, walks in the park. I'll do some gentle yoga, you know, some meditation. Um, So to answer that question again, is there ever such a thing as too much exercise or can exercise ever be bad for you? Yes. And so I'm going to use this opportunity to explain a little bit. Remember I said my dad had the ALS diagnosis. He was an Ironman. Okay, which meant that he was a very, very heavy, hardcore athlete. And he loved it. He had his friends, uh, his beautiful, wonderful friends. Like that was his community. That was his stress release. Now, couple that with the fact that he had a proton pump inhibitor, so an acid um, suppressor in the stomach since the age of 16. You, can, you know that he hasn't been absorbing and assimilating his foods well, right? Because it's suppressing the acid in the stomach. He's not breaking it down properly. So he's not absorbing it properly, okay? Not to say that he was skinny, but rather that he wasn't getting in all of the nutrients that his body needed to get in, okay? And um, on top of that, he was exercising hard all the time. So he was depleting his energy, his energetic stores, right? Like um, however you want to look at his nutrition, nutrient energy, his uh, actual energy stores, all that stuff. So 
um, I believe that, and that in a combination with a couple other things, he hit a tipping point. And um, actually, interesting, Lou Gehrig's disease does often happen to very physically fit individuals, right? Lou Gehrig himself was a baseball player. That's who it's named after. People who are not athletes get this condition, right? Um, and I don't think there's ever been a study to look at the rate of proton pump inhibitors use, you know, those kinds of medications, acid-suppressing medications of the stomach in this condition. I suspect that there isn't one one road to this condition. It's like all roads lead to Rome, right? There's not just one road. I'm sure there's many different ways, but that's something that in retrospect, my um, quote unquote healthy dad who was doing what he thought was healthy, you know, um, this is one of the ways that he developed his condition. I do think that over-exercising had probably something to do with it. taking the time to listen to this podcast wild wisdom with dr patricia mills if you like this podcast please take the time to like and subscribe and please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly thank you and i hope you have a wonderful day evening or night hi everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 